0: Welcome to Marketproof Marketing, the podcast from the marketing minds at duconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is Becca and Jackie. Hi. Hi. Welcome to episode 86, the first true post-IBS episode. All of us back, How? Time travel works in podcasting, right? When we record (laughs) and when we do this, this is our first true post-IBS show. Yay! Oh, and back into the
1: swing of things.
0: Yeah, we use this as part of our session, at Clash of the Titans. But permits for home builders are at a thirteen-year high. All right. By my math, roughly puts us back at at two thousand seven. Okay. So, you know everyone's generally feeling good right now. Everyone's hitting sales records. People tell me, hey, foot traffic, which we've talked a lot, being kind of consistently down around 10% almost every year, just because of how consumers behave. This is the first time I think in my career, in the digital portion of my career anyway, where builders are talking about increase in foot traffic with the same community counts too. So not because uh, they've opened up 10 new neighborhoods or open up a new division, of 10, 15,
2: 25, 35%. Wow.
0: So. It's
2: crazy. Yeah, that's great.
0: It'll tie into our 360 topic about how to continually improve yourself and your approach to the craft. But right now, everyone's a genius and everyone's making money. <laughs> and if you're not, <laughs> something's really, really wrong. So.
1: Well, that's awesome to hear. Yeah.
0: Everybody's doing well. That's the environment we find ourselves in. So since 2008, when everyone's like, you should get out of this business, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> It's time right now. All right, let's shift over to story time. Becca, you want to kick us off? Sure, I got one.
2: My neighborhood is sold out, and we had some—I know, right—seventy homes in less than a year. It was pretty good. Wow, yeah, really good. And we had a contractor in the neighborhood pouring some concrete, and while we don't have a concrete clear out station anymore. I, they were kind of parked in front of my house, <laughs> cleaning out the concrete. And then I watched them kind of dump it in the woods. So oh. I was like, what, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> oh, my.
2: Yes. It's like the very few people
1: I'm sure that are working who have the luxury of looking out their window. Right and have to witness that (laughs) i'm sure you were gasping
2: i was like what's going on here this is silly because we all know there's rules in place for that for a reason
0: and and fines and fines Oh yeah
2: so i happened to get a video of them dumping not while they were dumping but heading out to dumping and a a photo of them when they're returning (laughs) and i was like
0: Becca, um, the private eye.
2: I know, right? Yeah, right? I'm <laughs> usually the one that is not the policeman of the neighborhood. I'm like, you do you? But I was like, oh, I love this contractor? What are you doing on our community? This is common area. So I'm not yeah. quite sure why Like kids play there. Oh, that's great. So oh, no, that's so
0: dangerous. No concrete pourers listening. I don't imagine.
2: I don't imagine.
0: <laughs> What's the connection here?
2: So the connection is, we all have rules in place to protect people, and mm-hmm. especially don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so
0: I think what you're saying yeah. is, you know, times are good, like we were just talking yeah. about, and it's tempting to slack a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's tempting. when times
0: are good, and these guys obviously were slacking and just dumping in the woods.
1: Just, yes, they get lazy. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's easy to take a shortcut. Easy, it's yes. easy to. Just bypass like certain rules that are in place or you just get too stagnant. Yes. Like it's just... So don't... And if someone could get hurt at the end of the day, you just... Liabilities back on them. Like I... So what do you think will... I mean, I'm hoping that your video or something will come from that, whether it's reprimanding the team... Mm that was doing that or...
2: I'm not sure if anything will come of it, but I think the most important message is if we apply it to digital advertising, don't be that guy, follow the rules and make sure you're doing your digital marketing the right way, Mm -hmm. especially when things change.
0: And especially when there's a Becca hiding around the corner, (laughs) ready to bust you. Peeking out the window with the camera.
2: (laughs) How awesome. It's not awkward. like they were hiding it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Well, this is uh my story is a little bit awkward. I'm, I often don't use names for very specific reasons, but this one in particular, I'm not going to use the name because it's a builder that we've had to say, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up and move on and part ways amicably. Everything's all good, but when it came time for us to renew, I think it caught him a little bit, unfortunately, off guard. We try not to ever have things be surprising. Of saying we we will not be able to renew at this time. And what I thought was really interesting, and, and I'll give the full full story, of course, was the initial response was, hey, but you know, we used to be not even in the top 10 in our market. We now, since working with you guys, are number one in our market. Sales are amazing. Marketing is, is doing its job. People are coming out. People are buying. We have uh, this program in place and it's, and it's functioning. And our response was, and it will continue to do that and that's part of why we need to move on is part of the challenge that and i guess this is for sure a theme of this episode the market is doing so well and this company has a lot of other things that they need that they need to work on and we've put all the things in place to have good performance but in terms of taking it to that top final level they're just not in the right position to do that and it's not a it's not really a fault of their own it's it's more a fault of their growth and so they have to catch up on the construction side of things. They got to catch up on customer experience side of things. They've got a lot of other things to do. And so their internal team is just not in a position because of all they're being tasked to take on right now. It doesn't make sense for them to continue to pay us to coach and train when they've, they've found that tipping point where they need to be to continue to be number one in their market. And, and again, not that they enjoyed hearing that, but that's the reality and what makes us a little bit unique in how we approach it is we just, if the team is not in a position to continue to grow and stretch, and again, it doesn't mean it's their fault. It's just, that's where the market is right now. And, yeah. and as a builder, yeah. sometimes you grow so fast that you do have to kind of catch your breath. I know a lot of builders. Yeah. I mean, someone we talked to this, this week, they're like, we were planning on 60 to 70 closings this year and we just, you know, in the last month-ish have sold 40. And so we've uh-huh. got to like pump the brakes. And I just think it's really interesting how much the market has come alive this early on this year. But I just wanted to share that story because if if you're ever partnering with somebody, their success is not just sales results. It probably is to the CEO or the sales manager. But in terms of, of how you partner with people, um, everyone has different, different goals and priorities. And I just thought it was, uh, it'd be insightful for those of you listening who are like, I wonder what this do you convert thing is all about for, for us. It's about continuing to, to push that trend. And sometimes it's just not, not the best fit or the right time. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just, that's mm-hmm. how it works. Jackie, you got anything fun right. for us? To, that was kind of s- sad or somber. Sorry. right? It, it, it's not meant to be. No, I feel like
1: it's a good mix yeah, in between They're going to do well. Yeah. It's, not,
0: uh, it's not that we're leaving them in, in a precarious position whatsoever. They'll continue to dominate their market with what's been put in place.
1: Well, it's like we always talk about with change. I know change is inevitable. It's only a matter of time until you kind of take that next step. So yeah. See yeah, exactly. how they do. But so... For me, oh, I don't have anything too, too crazy or exciting, I feel like, which is very (laughs) odd. I feel like I'm always that one that has like a very fun story. So I'll do like a little, like little tidbits. But so I recently had traveled, which I know a lot of people listening could hopefully you know, relate to some of this with going to IBS, but I forget, like sometimes you forget if it's not, you've not traveled in a little while that the craziness of being in an airport <laughs> and how much communication is, how important that is. And, you know, there's just so much going on, you know, I, I'd like to think of it as I'm sure a lot of home builders can relate to so many moving parts at the same time. And the biggest thing was I had been with the family and our gate was completely packed. So we sat at another gate to wait also for the trying to be nice since I also had my one year old (laughs) with us. So lots of, you know, you find that like gate that's less occupied to kind of have her out and running and doing her thing. And, And this was kind of crazy, but so we were sitting there and there was a good bit of people still there. And it was for a flight, and a bunch of people kept talking and looking around and saying, You know, there's none of the information up on the board. What's going on? And just having no idea with their flight. Ex- and there was no one there at mm-hmm. the counter to even ask. And once we heard one person talk and say, Oh my God, they moved our gate. They're boarding. I wish I could have had this <laughs> recorded with the 20 people there in complete panic uh-huh. mode you know they're like we're at the wrong gate we were never told they never got a
0: notification so or an it's almost email. like a thinning of the herd type yeah. thing where like yeah. those are the people who no. don't have an app installed who don't have push notifications turned yes. on their phone they're like i printed out my boarding pass last yes. week and i showed up where it right, said and yeah Like what's going on it's so funny well,
1: and i will say like and that and that just it really hit me and it's hard not to compare it to different things especially being in this uh-huh. industry you can't help but think about how important it is to realize your demographic is going to vary mm-hmm. with yeah. communication, what levels you can reach them. And and for me, I think, you know, whether you're part of the sales team or you're behind the scenes kind of working with the marketing and, and just the fact that how, you know, having those those rules in place, those practices in place that you're communicating enough with, whether it's appointment reminders, whether it's text messages, phone call to leave a voicemail. Like, I think for me, something important like that and an investment like that, you, at least for me, you're not going to annoy me enough with a reminder for right. right. something. like. Mm-hmm. So, so that was like my little, I feel like it's always like every now and then I get drop a little PSA. <laughs> But it's just, you know, it's nothing like traveling to really make you sit back. And that of course, my husband and I were like, are, are, we got to go check and make sure art gate is exactly the one we <laughs> think it is, too. Right.
0: So What I love about that story is it reminds me, I, I went immediately to collateral material. And everyone knows I'm a big fan of yes. making as much of that digital as possible. But you could certainly see how that could be taken to an extreme position and affect that same group of people who had no idea that the gate had changed because they didn't have the app on their phone to yeah. tell them, you know, you can't mm-hmm. just be like, sorry, no, what's wrong with you? Like it's all online. Just go there. It's all, you know, we don't have paper. I mean, you could certainly, I've seen it happen. I've been in a builder sales office where the salesperson basically just like, well, no, we don't have it. Sorry. <laughs> Whereas just keeping a, exactly. uh, like have a printer, it doesn't have to be on fancy paper or it doesn't have to be the best print quality ever, but say, you know what? Absolutely. We don't have, We don't keep copies in mass like we used to because of how how the world has adjusted. But I can certainly print you off a copy. Would you like that? I mean, it's just, you can't just completely say you're you're, you're screwed if you don't want (laughs) to follow this path.
1: You're trying to be accommodating. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of our position, especially being in the sales office and you're there to kind of for them. And I, even if I'm younger, you know, I'm I'm 31 and I still like paper printouts. Like when I, when my husband and I decided to build, it was, there's some type of comfort for me when I walked out with a folder, like my type A personality, having things tangible in my hands to pull out and look, even if it's online. I I think I talked
0: about this too, where when we were out and about visiting models and, and inventory homes one day, we couldn't help ourselves. You know, the fact that there was a box Mm -hmm. of paper in it, we took it. I never used it. It sat on the floor (laughs) and then we threw it away three weeks later. But there's still just this feeling as a shopper of I'm collecting information that's in my hand. Yeah.
1: What is that?
0: It's so Mm -hmm. weird.
1: I laugh because it's like everything's, of course, you know, whether you're, getting emailed these documents, but there's just something, Kevin, you're right. It's just clutter around the house. So, <laughs> so it is kind of, kind of ripping we that bandaid
2: For all the floor plans, when we went to like the opening of the neighborhood, we kept all of those floor plans in the folder all mm-hmm. the way until we moved. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny.
1: That's so believe oh, that I'm sure many people can relate yeah. with that. if They've,
0: they've had the same situation. So awesome. Let's shift on over to the news. And first up is an article from adweek.com titled what next for advertisers, ad tech and publishers in a cookie free world and a wake up call for advertisers who have to navigate the changing ecosystem. And really, even though we've had things like GDPR and other issues slowly chip away at these super cookies or these things that are, at least legally, able to track consumers across devices, across um, sessions, and and all of that. the The end really did accelerate, as I talk about in the article, with Apple in 2019 in the Safari browser. So, all of those high mm-hmm. net worth individuals who have an iOS device, guess what? It even I'm trying to think where I was. I was on a website recently, and Safari said, "Hey, would you? Is it okay that Facebook?" Is tracking you right now on this site because this isn't Facebook? And I was <sighs> like, interesting. Yeah. So they're they've really shut the door on a lot of this overtly. I mean, you can go in mm-hmm. the settings and and turn it back off, but it's it's locked down if you've done the latest iOS update. And so what the article really is driving towards is it's talking about for publishers, you know, the window of opportunity is to create collect what we call first party data, data that occurs on their own site. But this is a, a perfect time that Thais found this article for us because this was a big talking point that Dennis O'Neill had at the Builders Show, and I wasn't able to attend his session because it it overlapped with with one of our sessions. But I know his video with Mike that he did in the hallway there. He talked about this problem of builders better start collecting some of your own first party data.
2: Yeah, and essentially,
0: mm-hmm. all even to the extreme. This is going to sound extreme to the extreme of so that you can still have Google analytic type data if Google Analytics ever one day gets blocked for the same concerns. Yeah. So yeah. you know right now there's this loophole where because of the Facebook Pixel and Google Tag Manager and the data contained within, some companies are still to able to say that well, this is we're collecting it first party because we are actually connecting it, collecting it through our own service on these other sites. That's still a a somewhat gray area. And so while that might be the short-term answer here might be, well, you're covered because in a weird sense, you're covered that you're gonna have to rely more on Google and Facebook because these other platforms that have been around for a long time are gonna be blocked. Google and Facebook might have data longer, but the the end result is ultimately gonna be that builders will need to collect more of their own data and micro data from consumers as they're on their Mm -hmm. own site than they ever have in the past.
2: But
1: collecting it and then also knowing how to properly yeah. go in Analyze and it, that look information at exactly. back. I know we, pre- yes, we preach that a lot about being able to be the one yep. to do that and not trust yes. someone else to do it. So,
0: And it really does seem like O'Neill Interactive and, and Dennis are on the fleeting edge of this because this is something they've been talking about on and off for the past year of really making sure that their are back-end platform. So every major uh, developer in our space has their own platform. But theirs is called Homefinity. Has really been around collecting this first-party data and putting it in a usable format that builders can use to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, yeah. it was interesting to see oh, this article awesome. kind of touch on the same same idea. So let's go on to the next one from Inman.com. Inman, New York is going on right now. It always seems to be very close in timing to the Builder Show, but it's always one... I think next year, I may try to try to get over there. It's for the for the used home marketplace. But this article, a lot of times in, in they have a New York event and a uh, West coast event. I think it's usually in San Francisco or Vegas. A lot of time you get some, some news coming out of there. And this one is, is falls in that, that vein home light to help buyers make all cash offers trade in homes. The new cash closed product is meant to make consumers more nimble and competitive. And is the latest turn in home lights evolution as a transaction streamlining company. So, let me just set a little bit more of the table here and then we can we can chat about it. Mm-hmm. Rich Barton from Zillow has talked a lot about the friction around the transaction is is his belief and therefore Zillow's belief that that is preventing a lot of people from moving. Okay. The headache of the process, the amount of paperwork, the number of parties involved, the friction around the transaction and that's why in addition to their perceived threat from Opendoor, which is purchasing people's homes for cash, they started Zillow offers and really have since begun dominating the, the market for that. And so now HomeLight is saying that same message, but this one is uh, a little bit different. So I'll just give you the full context here. The first piece of cash close called HomeLite Trade-In is designed to make selling a home more like trading in a car to a dealership for a new vehicle. HomeLite buys the original property once they have an offer accepted on a new home. So they're going to find the home they want. HomeLite buys the original property, then uses a the seller's agent to relist and sell the original home. When the original home sells again, this time from HomeLite to a new buyer, the company also pays the original seller the profit from the transaction. So this is a little bit also like knock, hmm. uh, K-N-O-C-K. They have a, uh, a trade-in program mm-hmm. as well.
2: Mm-hmm. But there's
0: there's just the one thing, I know I keep saying I'm going to stop, but <laughs> This is, this is complicated and I want to make sure everyone listening has, has context. One of the downsides of the so-called iBuyer programs is that they're offering you a set amount of money for the home you currently live in. Yes. And I use the word home intentionally because it is the second most emotive word in the English language after mom. And so when an iBuyer, Zillow, Open Door, OfferPad, anyone gives you what you perceive to be a lower than retail price on your home it can be insulting yes right you're like wait no yeah. I, I think my home is worth x and this is what general real estate agents and sean carpenter if you're listening you're like exactly this is this is why we get paid and, and the biggest headache of our of our career is constantly trying to educate people on what their home is truly worth but there's something different when a human takes the time to analyze and tells you that face to face and a system spits out a number and sends you an email and says here's what we'll buy your house yeah for. And I think what's interesting about these trade-in programs is it's this different approach of saying, "You find the home you want, and then we'll figure out the details." And 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 by combining both transactions essentially into a single transaction, it kind of masks some of that potential insult that you're giving. Yes. the, the mm-hmm. person who's trying to sell that original home. Does that make yeah.
2: sense? And I feel like that they yeah. charge a percentage of the home's sale price more than you know just offering you 70 or 80% of the retail value.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: And I was going to say so the company also pays the original seller the profit from the transaction mm-hmm. but if there isn't a profit then HomeLight takes the loss. Yeah. I was I was reading through this which I, I that is unique yeah. by that in that
0: way. Well certainly linked to the article yeah. you can you can dig through their uh, the details on your own. You will need an Inman license or subscription to Inman Connect, which I'm sorry to, to Inman, which I would recommend uh, someone in your organization have anyway. It's a couple hundred bucks a year, but it's it's well worth it because, like we've talked about many times, the the used home uh, world tends to hit things sooner and earlier and and figure out some of the answers faster than than our own. Simply because they're kind of more of the leading edge with a number of of brokers and realtors in the marketplace. There's always something being tested and and tried so you know in a statement basically they said that they're they're just trying to make this process as smooth as possible and i think this is just an interesting alternative to those who don't want to perceived anyway take a bath on the sale of their home although as we've talked about before i buyers are getting much more competitive and much closer to retail in terms of what they're offering as they get bigger all right, last article is a number of uh, quick hits, as I like to call them, from marketingland.com. <laughs> and these are, these are fun, I, I think, yes. uh, all three of these. Sometimes there's, there's things you're just kind of like, I'm not sure why they, why they put this in here, but all three of these are interesting. So the first one is that Instagram is essentially improving the desktop version of its experience. So uh, mm. as of a couple of days ago, Instagram began testing the feature of allowing people to direct message other Instagram users from the desktop. If you go to Instagram right now on on the desktop, basically you can just look and like things and that's about it. There's just no other functionality yeah. in there that
1: It's it, basic. I, I was gonna say that's a good update to finally right. make for the web Although, version.
2: I'm not sure too many people are using the desktop version, right? Maybe older demographic if yeah. they're on their
1: computers more.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot of this is for what I take it as. One, the joking side of me says, this allows me to lower my screen time report on my device <laughs> to my spouse and other folks, right? Because I can okay. do more on another device that's not being tracked by Apple's screen time feature. So I have yeah. a hope of getting under three or four hours a day. Right now, my excuse is I have to use this for work. <laughs> but I think the other thing is the business, using it in a business environment. So whether yes. you're managing a page and you don't like mm-hmm. using other other interfaces to to try to to connect and respond to people. Or if you're at work, instead of having to pull out your device, if if Instagram is able to make, yeah. you know, there's a lot still talked about how Cyber Monday is as big of a deal as, as Black Friday, simply because everyone goes to work and decides not to work, but to buy stuff on the computer that their company owns. <laughs> yeah. That's just, that's the yeah. way it is. No,
1: that's, I, that is very true, especially those running any kind of Instagram yeah. for company, and they're on their work computer as it yeah, is. I, I, I know sure. when I was at NVR, it's kind of what we'd done before having all those uh, webs website open. Yeah. All, you know, just be able to easily access that, especially since people could be DMing home builders. I mean, that's a great way to be able yeah. to quickly go yeah. on. So yeah,
0: I agree. The, the next one is equally, well, I think even more interesting. <laughs> Pinterest is now eclipsed Snapchat in user count. Yes. So Pinterest is now, and we could we could argue semantics on calling Pinterest a social media platform, but uh, they are the third biggest social media platform in the United States, and projected to continue wow. growing. So they passed Snapchat. Obviously, no mention of Twitter at all in here because that's a that's a far distant number as well. But Facebook, Instagram, and then Pinterest. All right, you guys surprised by that?
2: Wow, that's I'm I, not surprised. Oh, I, that- they eclipsed Snapchat. I am surprised that Snapchat's users grew. Mm. I, I
1: think for me, I'm surprised. Like, I'm not surprised that Pinterest has surpassed Snapchat. I think it's just knowing it's number three. Like, I use, I guess I just never yeah. put it in that same bubble because I always, I always go on to Pinterest. I, I, I think about it now. I go on probably every day, if not every other day just for inspiration for things. I mean, it's just almost like habit when I'm cycling through oh. the apps. But that's that's one of those things where you have to sit back and wonder, then when people see Pinterest as number three, you know, that's yeah, that's high up yeah. there.
0: And now I'm I'm second guessing myself <sighs> as I'm looking at it. And they don't they don't break out the list or linked to to the list because I'm suspicious now that LinkedIn is not mentioned in this place either. So I feel like uh-huh. Yeah. You know they're they're just calling users, not necessarily the active amount that those users are engaging with the platform. So I don't know what okay. what list they're really talking about in terms of surpassing and who is number two. Obviously, what I mean is, are they combining Facebook and Instagram together as mm-hmm. Facebook as a whole? Yeah, and then maybe Twitter is number two, but then I'm also like, where's LinkedIn? So yeah,
2: yeah. That's I think we'll point. just have to
0: go back and maybe update this at a future time. I don't want to investigate live on the, on the recording. But the last one is that TikTok is trying to create a more curated content stream. And this, I know a lot of people at the show and, and pre-show have been reaching out to me like, Hey, I got on TikTok. Heard you you think it's hilarious. And I was shocked at some of the stuff that I saw on there. And that is absolutely true. TikTok is devious in that it is watching what you watch more of so we're used to things tracking what we click what we don't click and so people are like well I, I skip stuff i'm like yeah but if you watch it for a certain amount of time and then skip it on their um for you page which is kind of the home page when you when you open up the app it will learn what you like and show you more of that and so like i i've said this before i've never seen a single political tiktok in my life but that's probably because within half a second of someone saying something political, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. But there is a lot of questionable yeah. content on TikTok, to be sure. Yeah. A lot of ladies trying to become famous for just looking good and a lot of uh, just goofy stuff that, that advertisers don't necessarily want to be connected yeah. with. Google and Facebook both have ways to handle that Google more so than Facebook. But TikTok is, thats that, you know, you're not going to see an advertisement for Crest on there as long as you're also seeing yeah. people talk about how they're hoping to get it on with their teacher in the next period. It's just not going to yeah. happen. Oh, right? my so, gosh. Yeah. TikTok's just trying to become more viable as an actual ad platform as well as a, as a social platform.
1: So moral of the story is when I meet someone and they have the TikTok app, I need mean, to look at, say like, hey, let me exactly. see your for you. I'm, I'm not like, kidding. That I feel like would say a
0: lot Yeah, I think, I think it would. of course (laughs) you can deny everything but i I think it might all right before i get in trouble let's uh (laughs) let's take a quick break when we come back we'll get to this week's 360 top of the week education and career advancement for new home marketers we'll be right back And we're back. This week's 360 Top of the Week. Career advancement, improvement, self-improvement for new home marketers. What does it look like? What does is, what is our path look like? What tools do we use? Becca, Jackie, and I are going to break that down for you. And we'll just open it up. I mean, we could go by categories of of learning that we do. But just throw out there anything that that you found personally, like individual little little good nuggets of mm-hmm. books or resources or places that you've gone to improve
1: I can I'll yeah. jump right in I because of being more on the design side of things I feel like it's a lot more visual based it's mm-hmm. it's harder to mm-hmm. get some design yeah. concepts you know if I'm just listening to like a podcast so for me personally I am big into design blogs or websites with, Great inspiration Mm -hmm. or any type of trendy projects or anything that's curated from around the world because I feel like sometimes, especially in certain areas you Mm -hmm. live in, you're more honed in on a certain style or design or trend that's yet to come your way. Like, I know know, when I
0: lived in Pittsburgh, I used to always say (laughs) I could you know, look two hours to the West or two, three hours to the East and you'd be like five years in the future.
2: <laughs> my joke oh. uh-huh. is when I moved
0: to Pittsburgh in 2007, everyone was very excited because they were building the first PF Changs and I was like, huh. <laughs> okay, that's the new big place I- to eat, huh?
1: That's hard. And that's, that's why I, I turn to a lot of like inspiration online because being in Pittsburgh, like anybody knows like Pennsylvania, we're kind of like <laughs> the last of the loop. We're kind of like under the rock. Like anytime I love when I go branch out, like if I'm going down more South or West and it's like I'm getting all this new music yeah. and fashion trends. And, but for, so to jump in, I, I have a, a couple So, uh, websites uh, there's under, yeah, I'll give some websites uh, for those of you who want to, you know, during lunch even, and you have some time to look, I personally love like this, (laughs) this wets my appetite, like seeing design styles. I get so excited. I so much fun, but, um, there's under consideration is uh, a great website. It's underconsideration.com. Slash brand new. And it's awesome because they have options on corporate and like more private brand identity work.
0: Oh, very cool. So
1: this is very cool for people that, you know, whether you're taking a look at your own brand itself or community logos. I mean, for me, and you're trying to be creative, like, I love getting inspiration through different looks and feels and now that a lot of creative is going more yeah. in the clean, cleaner route, you can sometimes think to yourself, there's not much I can do with clean, but you, you'd you be surprised. There's a lot of inspiration with design out okay, there for that. I have that.
0: to take us on a tangent because uh, I love to do that. Hmm? I'm looking here at yeah. this site, which is amazing. has all this great graphic stuff. And the new GoDaddy logo, I'm really confused because GoDaddy... <laughs> Just a solid green GoDaddy and their their Super Bowl commercials were questionable at best for many, many years. And now they've decided to Mm -hmm. turn a G, O, and the letter D somehow into a quasi heart shape. And I'm sorry, the last thing I equate GoDaddy with is anything having to do with uh, touchy-feely heart style imagery. That's just weird. But it's also awesome that this site puts it all in one place for you to look at. Yeah.
1: yeah, And it's neat to be able to look and see. And that's one way to, you know, like you said, that's not something that we, you'd ever think of, but someone did. Like there's, they had, the company had someone and that's their their new look, which is very, very interesting. Especially if like you're working on print design or anything mm-hmm. within that realm, that, that's always a good one. Um, another one is... Uh, I don't know if a lot of people have heard of this one. Kevin, you may have, but Behance. Oh, yeah. Have you? Oh, I was going to say that's been a while, around for a while. I personally, I love it because it's an awesome resource of looking at the greatest, uh, latest work with creative portfolios around the world. And it's great. You can filter by field. So photography, graphic design, illustration, Lightroom, and it's they curate the team at Behance, they create a list of projects, and you can get sent kind of like updates. And it's awesome because you get to customize your feed of design inspiration based off of what platform you'd like to see, whether it's architecture, product design, advertising. And they're owned
0: by Adobe. So this is kind of the Adobe yes. encourages any of their users to create a Behance account Assuming that you're a freelancer or, or a shop that wants to showcase your work, so it's there's a lot of really high quality stuff here of all different, all different yes, styles, that, like you're saying.
1: That's and that's why I, I kind of like mixing it up. Whether it's looking at like brand work, identity with that design identity, and then going trying to jumping into the more graphic design side of it visually, and then another one I love is Creative Market. Um, I don't know if you've. Uh, Creative Market is great. CreativeMarket.com. And in their blog, they have a designs trend section. And it's awesome. I personally love this. They dive into the most popular serif fonts for 2019 going into 2020. Graphic design trends for 2020. Web design trends. This is good stuff,
0: Yeah. Um, I love it.
1: This, I, I personally, I really like it. It kind of gives off some templates.
0: I mean, like, a, I, I mean the, the first one is the best. A curated collection of church bulletin templates. Like where else are you going to, it's very, <laughs> very specific, but also like yes. it gives you an idea of, of how, what kind of niche ideas you can, you can find and then see lots and lots of examples of that in one place. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And like, as much as that, you know, being a designer, there's a lot of things, you know, Canva is for those of the people who need like something quick, who's not as
0: yeah. hands-on to me, that's as like someone the Bisquick like me. Of, um, yes. You know, those yes. of you know how I feel about Bisquick, <laughs> yes. it's not my preferred style. Very, of pancake.
1: Especially me. Like I have a hard time on those websites because I'm so yeah. limited. I, I want to change a lot of things. So, but for me personally, I never roll off sometimes taking a step back and just looking to see what they offer so that I can see what's trending as options for people to use all the time. I try to, personally, I try to steer clear of replicating things that I see as a template because I'm, you know, especially as a professional designer, I don't want to create something that anybody could just mock up a template and publish. So.
0: And then you, I know we had Blizzard. mentioned communication arts, the magazine, if you're more of yes. a, you like printed mm-hmm. material, that's still a fantastic, it does not come out as regularly as you might think a magazine would, but it, when it does show up, it's got a lot of, a lot of great stuff in it. So this is awesome because the format here is kind of rolling out for us. So, uh, Jackie, you listed off a couple mm-hmm. things on the design side, uh, Becca, I'll let you share a couple things on the marketing side, books or or resources, or people that you've followed, and then I'll just kind of wrap us up with some overall thoughts as well as some specific recommendations. So okay. anything you want to add in, well, Becca? Well,
2: mainly what I try to do is try stuff out all the time, break things, and then just go in the mm-hmm. rabbit holes. <laughs> so like if mm-hmm. I see something that's not tracking the way I think it should be tracking, I try to figure out why it's doing that, And then I'll go to the resources for whatever platform it is and come through there and think about, okay, so this is my problem. here. How do I ask the question? And then I go through several different questions to read different things that may be pieces of what I need to know to figure out the problem. And then once I have read enough of different various things, I'll be able to kind of go and figure out the problem. Piece, it piece all together. Yeah. Piece the fix together. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And I also know mm-hmm. that you're big on events too. Yes. Uh, attending events, conferences, yeah. because I think I saw you Well, I know. I I know I saw you many, many, many times in person before we ever ended up working together just by being in different groups or or in physical locations at the same time. Yeah,
2: I find that it helps me focus because I can get lost in many rabbit holes (laughs) and going to an (laughs) event will focus you on whatever the topic is at that point and then the next topic and then the next topic. And often I find that you need a working knowledge in more than one of those topics to kind of strategize and build out whatever that's a great thing. that's a great point
0: yeah. yeah yeah it's a different way what you just said of needing to know several different topics well enough to be able to put it together yeah. definitely is a, is a better way i think of saying what i've said before of like when someone says why is this community broken or why is this it's kinda of like, well, we gotta go into analytics and they might be fine with that. But then when you say go in the CRM as the next step, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't yeah. I don't feel comfortable going in the CRM or
2: or maybe you have to hey, we, talk with the salespeople if there mm-hmm. are any on-site objections that need, you know, collateral or some marketing to address, or some piece of the whole total buyer experience in building that needs to be addressed. Like, yeah, you have to know a little bit. About many different things.
0: Yep. Yeah. I'll start off where you where you left us, okay. then, to say some people might be surprised to know that I went through six months of production training. Hey, I like it. While mm-hmm. being a marketer as well, I attended I six months that. of production training classes when I was at Miranda, actually, uh, in Columbus, Ohio. They're like, "Hey, we think you could be a great division president, you little snot nosed kid. You're doing a good job at <laughs> marketing, but." We you think you'd like and so to do that you need to go into sales, you need to go into construction. And I was like, uh, okay, whatever. So they <laughs> they sent me to production training. And I still that when I tell the story of I didn't know what a gable was. It wasn't until I took that class and we were looking at blueprints and we were looking at, at all this stuff in the field and it and it finally I was like, Okay, I now know what a gable is. I know what a socket <laughs> is, I know what a bulkhead is. All these abstract things that until I was in that. So I would say this all, there's a couple overall themes that I have. One is first off, you, you got to work like mad to steady the ship of advertising and yeah. marketing to earn the right to do the rest of yes. this stuff. So everything else has to be there mm-hmm. in, and in place and working before you have the luxury of doing some of this. But then you really do after, after you've reached that point, you've got to start learning all of the business and the reason that's important is one, it helps you relate to other folks because spoiler alert, a lot of times you will have to partner with other departments to get the ultimate result you're looking yes. for because marketing can't do it alone. It's a team. And, oh, 100%. Yeah. And you got to have empathy yeah. to do that. And, and you can only really develop that true empathy when you've been in their shoes. I, I say this a, a lot when I'm out visiting home, builder, home builders or speaking to owners is when I can start telling them stories about a land deal that I was working on, or you know, just things that are in their world. You can just see their eyes light up, and they're like, "Okay, this person has an, enough in common with my experiences that I they just they value it in a different way. They perceive um, that empathy yeah. more clearly. It's just it's awesome. So poke your nose in finance, poke your nose in architecture not in terms of how you're going to fix it or make it better, but just to understand how it all works together because it will take you a long time to have also, that full picture of the business.
1: It's also humbling. I feel like mm-hmm. you are looked at as a really good resource if you're able to kind of get down to knee level to with everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Be- you know, there's and admitting you don't know everything. Like I want to be better at what I do by knowing yeah. what's around me as and well. And again,
0: the example I use most of the time for this, that everyone will understand is in marketing, when, when a new person gets exposed to marketing, their first, one of the first things every single time you will always hear is like, well, why can't we just make this like a car where you just pick a couple pieces and you buy online, yeah. right? So that's like the, oh gosh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. This person's like, why can't we just do this? Well, there's a bazillion reasons why and it's really hard and complex and you're so cute, pat you on the head. And <laughs> it's like, get, get out of here. Let me do my job now. That That's one of the things for marketing that we hear all the time that is, that is grading. And every department has that. Right. So the architecture is like, why can't you just design houses that are more contemporary, more quickly, more cheaply, or why can't you, you know? And so when you have just that little understanding, you, you are smart enough to not say those obvious slash stupid things. <laughs> That are immediately gonna put people on the defensive of you don't understand what I'm doing. If with. it was
2: easy, everybody would do it. <laughs>
0: right. Okay, now I'll go back to some more specific tactical things. Books and magazines, we will link to a recommended reading list. I think we've got this in blog form already, but I do have, oh gosh, it's probably 20 ish books or so. Breaking down buying psychology with predictably irrational influence, which I talk a lot about. Thinking fast and slow from Daniel Kahneman. Branding and Marketing, 22 Immutable Laws of Branding by Al and Laura Rise is a must. The Brand Gap by Marty Neumeier is really good. Crossing the Chasm is a classic, usually used in tech, but but really appropriate to what we do. There's all kinds of books in here, new home sales and selling. Yes, you need to read those as a marketer. Uh, books on leadership, customer service, culture building, all those things. So we'll, we'll link to that blog post uh, or create one if we, if we need to keep it up to date here. Um, so we'll just cut to the chase on that. Podcasts are also, as as you're listening to a podcast, yeah. a huge way to uh, to be exposed to this that wasn't available early in my career, but is is really valuable. Uh, YouTube is also amazing. I love YouTube, but you're not going to find mm-hmm. a whole lot of industry specific stuff on YouTube yeah. that's going to help you. So when you're on YouTube, you've got to look at other industries, or you just got to look at the platform and tools themselves. Yes. How do I do X on Facebook? How do I do X on Instagram? Not as a home builder. Again, just generally, how does the tool or platform yeah. work? Those are all great, great things to do. One of the most important ones is connecting with others in the, in the industry. Yeah, And you can do that at events. That's a great way to connect. And that's one of the reasons people love coming to the Online Summit is to see uh, those, those people. Uh, same reason we go to the Builder Show again and again and again. But Kevin... That's me, <laughs> Steve Shoemaker, <laughs> Matt Riley, and Holly Hayner from CBH Homes. Uh, gosh, maybe 2009-ish, 2010. I'm not sure exactly when it started. We were the original marketing unicorn group, and we met on our own once a month uh, using video chat. We would assign topics. Someone would give a short presentation. Everyone would take turns sharing what was going on, what was working, what wasn't. But that is invaluable. To have uh, other other folks that are in the trenches that you can that you can bounce ideas off of, yeah, you, you got to mm-hmm. find those. And that when when you go to an event, that should be one of your goals is to create that network for yourself. Events and summits obviously super important too, like we've said a couple times already. But the the takeaways and and how it works does shift over time. You will probably take away less and less in terms of volume mm-hmm. over the years, or you should as you're learning more. However, the smaller quantity of things that you take away end up being vastly more important yeah. because you're able to either, as Steve would talk about a lot, just be smacked over the head for the 10th time and you finally get it. Yeah. It's just a small thread that because of your knowledge that you built, uh, internally over the years you can pull on that thread and it and it goes to places that you weren't expecting and you realize it's a much bigger idea than you originally gave it credit yes. for. Like you said, break stuff and and my big recommendation, especially for younger folks listening, but really for everyone is you've got to experiment outside of business hours. Yeah. Again, don't cheat, don't cheat the company or your street cred by just being in your lab in your office all day. That's when you get stuff done. That's when you're seeing other people where you're connecting having meetings, getting the work done outside of business hours is where you can really experiment freely and and Mm -hmm. sometimes not even directly related to your company, but then experiment, you know, the number of times that I put my own personal credit card into a tool or platform over my 16 years where I'm like, I don't even want to, I don't want anyone to say like, what's that 15 bucks for? I'm just going to put my own card in. I'm going to play around with it at night. That's, you have that, that curiosity. And then the biggest thing is just don't stop, especially now. And this is why this is the theme of the whole episode. As good as the market is, it is so tempting to coast. It is so, mm-hmm. and and there are folks that I work with um, now where I, I do have to challenge them. I'm like, hey, it just doesn't seem like you're checking in quite as often. Well, you know, we just had our third th- three months in a row of record breaking sales months. I, I'm like, I know, and that's why it's so cool because now you could be experimenting and changing and and breaking and and rebuilding now versus holy cow, we haven't sold a home in two weeks and everyone's gonna get fired if we don't fix this yeah. now. Yep. Yeah. So don't stop. And and I think it was Myers Barnes who I heard say this maybe 15 years ago now. You know, how many years have you been in the business? When someone says, well I've been doing this for 10 years, 15 years, whatever, that doesn't mean that they've got 10 or 15 years of growth. They could be doing the same thing over and over again for 10 years. And and that and and so you can answer Ten years, truthfully, and yet you can have to- two totally different different meanings. One is I've I've put myself fully into this for ten years, and I'm growing and, and improving, mm-hmm. and so I'm truly ten years better. And the other other one is I'm just really one and a half two years better, and then I've just been kind of hiding and coasting along. And so you got it. You mm-hmm. just got to protect uh, yourself and your and your livelihood mm-hmm. from being in that situation because eventually yeah. it it will be harder to catch up than it would be to keep up. And I think that does it. So again, lots of show notes, lots of links, lots of blog posts that you can go back through some of the stuff we've talked about. But we also will jump over to your answers to the question of the week from last week, which was new home marketers in the spirit of IBS. What do you do to constantly improve your skills or crafts? And let's take a peek here. Uh, Kim O'Quinn, improve on my strengths, acknowledge what I'm not good at. And surround myself with a smart team who has talents I do not. This is a big point. There's a study done on marketing results, and it found that only a three to five percent, I believe, of the results ended up being who you partnered with. But of the top fifteen percent of achievers in marketing, that relationship had a bigger part than the average. Uh, so, if you want to be great, it matters a whole lot who you're partnering with and how you're balancing your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. We just want to be okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter nearly as much. Uh, Laura OMB, right on Kim. Same thing. Will do your stat. This is underrated. Don't spend time trying to get perfect at, at, at a core weakness. Hire people who complement your skill set. Amen, Will, as long as you are allowed to hire people. Uh, so there's a lot of marketers <laughs> who only, you know, one is it. And so they got to find partners or learn ah, themselves. Yeah. But I totally know exactly what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will find inspiration in other industries teach others to force myself to be at the top of my game, read voraciously, listen more than I talk. Jane Marr, definitely look at other industries to see how they handle retail and customer experience, attend conferences outside our industry, read books, all the above. I gave a quick list of podcasts that I listen to and, and magazines and other stuff. And then Meredith Oliver, being a member of the American Marketing Association and attending their programs has given me a broader perspective and fresh ideas. So that's a great one. The American Marketing Association... Is a good one. If you don't have a local Home builder Association sales and marketing committee, the AMA is a good broad group to get involved in. Uh, again, there's a lot of stuff there that won't apply to us and could lead you down the wrong path, but there's a whole bunch of good ideas there that you can sift through. All right. That'll do it. Thanks so much for joining <laughs> us for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more. Check out com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. You can also call in with your questions on this episode or any other at 404-369-2595. 404-369-2595. Have a great week. See you next time.
2: Bye. Bye.